get get Jasper energized. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, gamers! This is Games and Feelings, an advice show about playing games, being human, and dealing with the fact that those games will involve other humans. You'll see us at PAX East. We're doing a live show. I'm plugging it right in the beginning of this episode. Yes! That's how I'm doing it. Because this is going to come out, like, minutes before uh, the live show, I think, so. Ooh, that's kind of cool. So you get double Games and Feelings in your life, if you're a pack? This is coming out, oh god, it's coming out in like two, this is coming out in two weeks from today, so people will be prepping their schedules for PAX East, so you gotta come to the Games and Feelings live show, uh, featuring a uh, guest from last time, from this episode that came out today on March 3rd, Janice Deber. Yeah, gonna be there. I'm doing the plug in the beginning of the episode. I can do whatever I want because I'm the question keeper, Eric yeah. Silver, and the yeah. competition reality show that I want to be hired to fix is RuPaul's Drag Race. I want Ooh. to be on that show and tell RuPaul the gamesmanship that should go on so that RuPaul can just focus on like people buying uh, her iTunes singles and and all that <laughs> stuff. Like I'll put the gamesmanship into it, and uh, maybe if if I could be on the judging panel once that would be wonderful yeah that would be very cool uh permanent guest jasper cartwright what competition reality show should you be hired on to improve the gamesmanship i'm like so bad at watching these but i think i'm probably going to say do you have big brother over there yeah it's for like sure. a very big deal over here yes okay cool i'm gonna say big brother uh i think that like there's way more that they could be doing to to, to elevate the th this thing and also it's just a such a fascinating thing that like my grandma would just literally like watch them sleep and i'm just like yeah. yo what is this program doing to our minds? So I think I have two things. I'll either improve it or I will make sure that it never airs again. <laughs> no, like, that's very fair. Yeah. I'm like, we as human beings should do more than watch people sleep on TV. For a, like that, it, like that's not that. I'm sorry if you watch that, but I, I just, we could do better than watching them sleep. It's funny. You've actually said Amanda's activation code. Uh, she <laughs> loves Big Brother. <laughs> so much and she watches the various different countries of them i actually don't know if she's into the uk one but i know that she watches american and she watches canadian um, and they're different they're they're all kind of different i think the canadian one is the one that innovates the most but they're what they're doing is that they're instead of showing the live feeds which is the whole point of big brother is mm -hmm. having a live feed filming them constantly it's like they're doing edited feed edited daily updates but that's problematic for two mm -hmm. reasons one is they love Canadian Big Brother to edit mm. and rearrange like storylines to make it make better sense for TV, oh, yeah. which doesn't make yeah. any sense for the reality. But it's like mm. more so than any other reality show, they really like really, erase yeah, yeah. and make stuff up. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But two, that is so much more work for your team yeah. than just throwing up feeds. Yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. I think like I think they definitely do that in the UK. Like whenever it's on, it's always it's just like so all encompassing. Like you can watch it all the time. You can watch like after episode talks. You can uh, the episodes themselves are like edited and absolutely definitely you know they generate storylines and uh, things like that. Yeah, it's just a wild old experience, uh, Big Brother, and I find it yeah. kind of fascinating in a way that even if i didn't contribute i just kind of like to sit in the room whilst they're like planning out a new season For just sure. to see the kind of conversations they have be like like what is happening because this is like so like i'm i i know about tv production and film production and stuff like this like it's my it's been my job for many many years and like mm. i'm fascinated because i'm like that is a conversation i've never had not even remotely close so even just to be like suddenly realize like oh there's like there's like craft here. I may not morally agree with it <laughs> because it's like kind of creating a false version of reality, but like I'm interested. Okay, I want to choose one of two paths here. One mm -hmm. is, do you want to talk about the how like Big Brother is so relatively quaint and has not changed since it started in <laughs> sure. as like a reality show in like mm -hmm. 20 years ago? Or would you like to explain to me why British TV for these types of shows, like for Love Island, for example, mm. put out like daily episodes for like eight weeks in a row and how that fits in to the like TV time of the King subjects? Yeah, okay, cool. So I'm going to go with the second one because uh, I think that uh, there is a... 
uh, long-standing kind of like over in the UK for like the longest time we only had like four or five channels and kind of we right. still only have like four or five channels not to say that obviously we have loads more like we have like Sky subscriptions and all this kind of thing but like there's like free TV which is like four or five channels so you pay your TV license which you have to pay anyway and you get access to these like four or five channels and like even on Sky they're still like the first four or five channels and it's like and most of the other stuff after that you can either watch catch up or it's sports so like they're still pretty like dominant in that respect and we have i don't know if you guys have soaps and stuff like this over in the states like oh yeah daytime see that's like daytime soaps yeah yeah cool so i think basically what happened is when in the uk they were like we're gonna do reality tv they were i think they were worried that they wouldn't be able to compete with like coronation street and eastenders which are these long-running soaps which are like daily episodes that like come out literally every day same time and it is like because it's a very like for like a lot of the uk population like watching like that one program at the same time like every single day is like part of the culture sure like my nan some of my extended family I know to this day will sit down and watch the same program every single night at like six o'clock and maybe it's not on on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's like the one day they have off or whatever. So I think it was purely like that was almost like a pre-agreed contract between like British public and TV makers, which is like, we'll give you unending attention if you do it every single day. Like, if you mm. have it be ever-present and don't take a break. Um, and I, and I, I, to be honest, I think it, it kind of worked. I mean, the, just the sheer amount of content that they produce is baffling, to be honest, and makes me as a content creator want to curl up into a ball and, like, never go anywhere near reality TV. Jasper, um, I cannot believe that you are, like, you're doing the content creator spiral, but you're comparing <laughs> yourself to, like, Love Islands. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. It's like, uh, oh, if only I had the content schedule of Love Island, then I would break through on the internet. Hey, I mean, look, if I was if I had the capability of producing a full-length TV show every single day, hell yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be Love Island. I'll put it that way. That would not be the content of the content. But if I could do it, hell yeah, that'd be great. I'd probably hate myself within a week and be like, why am I doing this? If you want me to pie you off and have good bants and good chats with you, I could do that <laughs> to make you make this a little bit more Love Island-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Let's activate bants mode. Love Island bants mode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing that's so funny to me is when American, because of this, the only reason I know this is because of Love Island mm. and because it became like a really big deal. I think it was in like late 2021 when it yeah. was like people were starting to make TV shows that were like enclosed and the Love Island mm. going to the villa was the easiest <laughs> way to make it happen. <laughs> Sorry, that's one of my favorite moments that's happened on Game of the Feelings thus far as you say villa. villa. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna clip that and make it my text tone. It's Please. Just, you saying Villa. That's so funny. <laughs> so, so, like, I totally get it, but then it's so confusing, like, when they make Love Island US and it has the same release schedule, I'm like, what the fuck, you want me to tune in every day for 90 minutes? What are you talking about? That's absolutely bananas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, I, to be honest, that's the fascinating thing, is that, they, that in America they adopted the same format. I would have thought that they'd have changed it, because, yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's just like it's it became I don't know when it became and I'd be so fascinated to figure out like where it came from Like some of these soaps have been going for like as long as there's been television These soaps have yes. been putting out daily episodes with like, you know back in like black and white days So like that's like how entrenched the kind of idea of watching a whole 90 minute, you know, or hour long episode every single day is in like our like culture. It's it's changing though for sure. Like the younger generation I think is definitely like uh, what no we don't have time to yeah. watch like this many episodes or whatever like a lot of my friends who are like super into love island will still only watch like the shortened down 
like online, you know, 20 minute version or something like that. Oh, like, sure. You know, because sure, sure. I think that they'll struggle to watch, like you said, like an, a full hour episode every day. Yeah. Listen, we could talk. I could talk to you about this forever because it's like, you know, I mean, you literally used to work at the BBC and we yeah. do not have anything like that. Like what we the only equivalent of like PBS is like theoretically it should be educational. But like, you know, the BBC and that being a main TV thing is mm. like, oh, no, it needs to reflect well on the queen again i've watched the crown i know exactly what i'm talking about jasper you don't even have to say anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can i'd probably go actually because you guys uh you guys watch the crown do you know the funny thing is, is i haven't even watched the crown you don't have to <laughs> I don't, yeah i lived through it i was there yeah <laughs> yeah you were there and you could pick up a history book and open it up it's like oh there it is i mean tobias menzies <laughs> is in the book? fucking i can look at my post box it's red <laughs> and it has hrh on it like what do you mean look at a history book it's everywhere <laughs> like my money my everything it's like it's all there <laughs> yeah i hate it when i pick up a fucking bill and tobias menzies is on it that's really confusing oh god um but yeah that's so funny i think there's also something about like um and please tell me if i'm stepping too far and putting something on you that doesn't exist mm. but like there's something like deeply american about like if you are watching a tv show during the day is like the only people who do that are like women who are at home doing housework or like you're retired and you're like old biddies. So like my mom used to watch all my children, which was one mm. of our soaps and she watched it for many, many years, but it was always like a guilty pleasure. And she had to record it once she started, uh, working again after like my mom and my dad had a divorce. So it's like something about like, you know, the only time you would actually watch a soap opera is because you don't have anything to do during the day, which mm. is like, for American, it means you're frivolous or you're allowed to, someone else is working for you. And I wonder if, like, I don't know if there's, like, it's okay to, like, do stuff. I mean, I guess I don't know when EastEnders comes out. Is that an, is it a nighttime thing? No, it's an evening. Yeah, it's an evening. Thing. Oh, so, yeah, that's it. Our soaps were in the, were during the day. Right, right, okay, yeah. So, I think for us, I think the thing is, it's like a family thing. Like, oh, that's yeah. what it was like. It's, like, very much, like, built around the idea of, like, the family sitting down to watch something. Like, for instance, one of the biggest shows over here uh, was uh, Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. It was huge, absolutely huge. And it's literally called Saturday Night Takeaway. The of idea of the whole program was that the family got takeaway. And like I, we used to literally like pretty much exclusively until I was like a teenager and was like, peace, I'm going to go out sure. and like, you know, get drunk with my friends or whatever. We would get a takeaway on a Saturday night and watch Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Like... And that was, and it was all kind of this like family viewing pranks, sure. you know, topical stuff. Like it was a fully produced studio thing. Uh, quite often they would have takeaway and uh, like ring people and be like, hey, like ring audience people and be like, hey, what takeaway are you having tonight or whatever? Like it was, and it was all built around like the family watching this program like together. It's a very, a very fascinating kind of concept. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, no, that's part of it is like, you know, in other countries, other people were like, hey, TV should like reinforce community. And in America, we're like, fuck you guys. We're going to give you American bandstand and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I thought you were just, I thought that your soaps were during the day. So I didn't know if that was like, you were allowed to do it when you were going to go get a cuppa or get, have, there was like a tea time well, where like is... everyone was chilling. That's like siesta. But I, I also, I did sure. not know about that. Well, well, there is, this is the last thing I'll say on this is that there is also the omnibus, which happens at the weekend. So if you weren't able to watch the five episodes that came out during the week sure. on a Saturday starting at about 10 o'clock in the morning every single episode that aired during the week will air on Saturday back to back and that's called like the omnibus mm. and that's also a very popular thing like <laughs> like it is so designed for you to just be plugged in to this one show and like it is wild because the idea of them is like you get off you get on back on again you kind of like it's very like easy to like pick back up and figure out like what's going on and it gets you because like i don't care at all but i'll go to my auntie's house for like four hours a half an hour in the middle of that, it'll be on in the background. We'll end up watching it. And then I'll go home and have to start Googling storylines because I know if I don't, I'm going to start watching it. And then it's on every single day and it just becomes, it just like really quickly becomes a little routine. And you're like, man, they get you quick. Like they get you. It's, it's a, it's a well-designed system. I kind of feel like it's TikTok 
but like designed many many moons ago you know what i mean it like that genuinely is what i think uk soaps are like that sounds like a tweet thread that's gonna go really viral that i don't want to read it's like you might think that marathoning tv shows is a modern invention but this british yep. person invented it in 1918 check out the omnibus yeah. it's like during the blitz this is the only thing that held the country together is the omnibus of eastenders <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's probably true. Like, I'm not even joking. That's probably correct. <laughs> someone said that 100%. Yeah, oh yeah, a thousand percent someone has made that threat. <laughs> it's like, you know what defeated the Nazis? It was Channel 4. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, uh, EastEnders on ITV, so don't. Sorry, don't, I'm sorry. Don't I'm, sorry, again. I'm sorry. I also, you know, as great as we're like, wow, intentionality on TV is good. There's literally a TV channel in on British TV called Dave, and therefore y'all have. Yes. <laughs> it's just that's just a guy's name. It's just Dave. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's basically like Dave down the pub because everyone has a mate called Dave that they like see down the pub, and it's just like pub related kind of like banter-based shows, so like Taskmaster, which is actually great, to be fair. Taskmaster is brilliant. The Taskmaster is inc is absolutely incredible. It's the basis of Tell Me About It, so I love Taskmaster. Yeah, I, Taskmaster, is so, Taskmaster is so good that I'm like, god damn, I wish I was, like, of all the like shows like this, I really wish I could be on Taskmaster, because I'd just be like, that's exactly the kind of job where you get halfway through a day filming and you go, huh. This is a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, this is the dumb stuff I get paid to do. Great. Yeah. That can be your answer. It can be Taskmaster, but it's in there are, that you could be working on the set of that. Like, imagine you were just responsible for games. Like, you and Alex Horn oh. were just working around trying to figure yes. out what the guys were going to do. That could be your answer. Absolutely. I would love that so much. Um, yeah. And I would, I think, like, some of them are just so deliciously, like, meta as well. Like, some of the tasks that you're just like, man, this is, and like, when they, uh, if you haven't seen this clip, by the way, everyone, you should absolutely go see it because it's like just one of the most uh, beautiful moments uh, in television, which is when uh, Josh Whittaker, one of the, the comedians on there, finds out that the uh, three yes. tasks that he had been set that week, no one else had to do. And this involved counting out how many beans in a bean can, how many spaghetti hoops in a spaghetti hoop can, <laughs> and how many grains of rice in a whole packet of rice. And no one else had to do this, and he spent an in, like I think multiple days filming, just just counting. Yeah, <laughs> and it is one. And seeing him witness them when he's like, "Wait, no one else had to do this," is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Listen, everyone should go watch Taskmaster. It's on Hulu for Americans. You can, or you can just find it. It's, oh, nice. it's incredibly popular, and also they have a massive YouTube channel because they're very good at clipping stuff out and they sharing are it so out. good. I mean, I barely watch it on TV. I literally just watch it like on YouTube in clip form. Okay, well, I will definitely include that video, and I'll put in the episode description, and that's part of the the official Taskmaster YouTube, so y'all can all watch it. But it's like. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because the, so the host of it, Greg Davies, is six foot six and yeah. a very popular stand-up comedian. He's yep. so funny and imposing. And it's like the thing that I would think is like, oh, yeah, I get to be on telly. Incredible. My friend Greg is the host of this show and he's going to put me on. Mm. If I was a friend of Greg Davies, I would never in a million years go on Taskmaster. Yeah. Because all it means is that they get to get absolutely dunked on for the to, yep. to amuse not only the audience and the listening public, but the other people who are there who don't have to do their most ridiculous stuff that you're going to have to do. It does it does backfire on Greg Davies, though, when an actual friend comes on the show. Because when Rod Gilbert comes on the show, right. he manages to include uh, his uh, Greg Davies' mum as a part of <laughs> yeah. one of the tasks. And Greg Davies finds out, again, live in the moment and is none too pleased about it. And it's extremely funny. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. I love that so much. It's so good. All right. Everyone hire Jasper and I to be your official, I said that this was one of the job that I wanted and now I want it. It's like your official games consultant for your reality show. Yep. And we can just work only yep. on the games. We don't care about the TV part. Uh, if you want to play, if you want us to be uh, there, you can. But I will literally just Jeff Probst, RuPaul, Alex Horn, mm -hmm. Dave, hire us. Dave! <laughs> 
Just hire us. I love the idea that there's going to be a Twitter thread of you announcing you leaving Multitude Studios <laughs> to move to England to join Dave. As games, games <laughs> consultant for all their, like... Games consultant for Dave. <laughs> for all their bruv <laughs> pub games and their game, bruv game bruv shows. pub games! <laughs> No, 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 better yet, Eric Silver is starting his own UK-based channel called Bruv. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that there is not one guy called that. That's I, incredible. So am I, actually. I might, I'm going to write this down real quick, because that's that's a gold mine waiting to happen. I mean, I don't know why no one's coming well, up Well, Jasper, you know there's like ESPN and ESPN2. I feel like e- like Dave2 should just be called Bruv. Bruv. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Bruv. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense. It'll be good. That's where they put all the omnibuses of Taskmaster. <laughs> and all this and all this other Perf- stuff. This is perfect. Look, listen, Dave, write to us. We're here. We're right here. Like, it's so easy. Just email. Just like, hire us. Just catch me on my emails. I'll say yes, and we'll revolutionize your channel. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we need. I actually really wanted to do this for a while. Like, I thought that there were so many people who could just like, you know, I don't care about how you make TV. You know, let's like I. This mm. is a medium I don't understand, but I just want the game to make sense, yeah, so yeah, that cool. you could be better. I think that Survivor is having this problem, which just started their U.S. like season forty-four. I don't know if you've been keeping up with like main Survivor. You know anything about it? Yeah. Yo, yo, and you say we make a lot of TV. Forty-four. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, it's been oh, it's been like. 25 30 years so it's like you know it's still Yikes. like less yep. than less than two seasons a year but the problem is with mm. survivor is that like they started they did like a, a soft reset with 40 i don't know why mm. i think someone told them that like things were getting stale or maybe like they got in their own heads especially jeff probst who's the host but also like the executive producer and kind of like the steward of sure. the game like he got in his head that like as culture started to change and like people were openly talking about like social issues um he got in Mm. his head that survivor was a microcosm of society and that it was really important to like embody the change happening in the world in survivor into and on some level yeah it's good Mm -hmm. because then like a cbs show our main one of the main network shows that like plays to everywhere in the united states jasper you can imagine all those people who have survivor on that's a lot of people there's a lot of people and a lot of people have uh, varying uh right-wing viewpoints (laughs) across across that spectrum yeah it's like okay i get it you're 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 doing this and you're trying to get more diverse casting which is true they've done a really good job of uh, diversifying not only on like like uh, racial and sexual lines, but also like where people mm-hmm. come from and all the different people that they could bring and different body types mm. and all this stuff. They're like not only like big jacked, not even like big jacked guys, but like, you know, guys and women who have like 2.4 body fat. And oh, that's what yeah, they li- got a strong V. Yeah. yeah, 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 and, yeah but like yeah, all they need is like mm. 20 calories, which you can get from a coconut to like survive. Yep, sure. Because their bodies are so fine tuned. Yep. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like that's fine and that's good. But in, on the other hand, and because they it's like they battened down the hatches and now all of the cast the people who are cast are one quote unquote good people i think to like mitigate any sort of idea that like anyone's going to be like canceled again massive quotes yeah, like canceled yeah, 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 yeah. or ridiculed or lambasted online and like again it's the same like morality test that everyone is held up on mm. but also every single person is a survivor super fan like it's like uh-huh. a prerequisite now is like, oh, you have had to have watched all 40 seasons before. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird that like a, it, for a show that is like done so well diversifying then doesn't realize the kind of very niche like pigeonhole that they're then putting like the cast of the show in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that seems slightly odd to me. But that's that's clearly only going to turn up like one or two types of people <laughs> like surely you would want it to be a bit 
you know, if, like you said, they are so on it with diversity and things like that. Strange. Strange decision. It is weird. I mean, the guy who created it, I don't know if you know his name, but his name is Mark Burnett. He's made a lot of very, very popular American TV shows before. I thought you were going to say money, but I'm assuming that's also true. Also case. true. That's also true. He's also just like very super Christian as well. So it's like you see like a lot of people like all of a sudden like halfway through are like, yeah, Jesus is really getting me through here. And I'm like, ah, that's why you picked him. And like there's a lot of, that's what I'm saying <laughs> oh, about. You think the that's what I'm saying about like the morality test, you know, is like they're now being homogeneous about like good people who have good Christian mm. values, which I guess, well, this person is is a different color of me, but like they believe in Jesus, so it's fine. And also just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. now the gameplay has also changed as well because like they're all super fans and they all see themselves as like good people. They are everyone's acting super erratically and no one trusts each other and everyone does like super weird moves all the time because they're like oh i don't want people on the internet to think i'm a bad person or a bad player and but also i want people to remember mm. me as a good as a good player so now everyone is doing wild shit all the time it's like they're everyone backstabs each other but then everyone hugs when they get eliminated which i think is so stupid and makes me so mad yeah, yeah, is yeah. like is like yeah, there yeah, was yeah, never yeah. any trust so it's just a constant whirlpool and then everyone's like good game man great good game i'm so glad you made that like great gameplay but it's like it's all hollow yeah well i think you've hit on something which is about reality game shows right yes there is a we we've like the boat set sail on these working right as like a format and being truthful like quite some time ago because as soon as the contestants that are in the game are aware of the camera aware of the amount of people that are watching and are aware of the likely kind of online global yeah. reaction no longer will it be anything close to uh resembling reality it's it's i think it's actually interesting because i think it's actually whilst i think that it's not going to resemble reality. There is an interesting parallel in the sense that, like, I think a lot of people operate like this on a daily basis, mm. and it can be very hard to separate yourself from that awareness of just like, oh, what if I do this? You know, how will everyone react if I tweet this thing that I feel passionately about? Is that going to be wrong in two years' time, or even now, is it going to be wrong? Like, am I wrong to say this? And so, like, I do think it's like you're definitely like hitting on a, like an interesting thing which is just like I, like i i'm saying this i wouldn't know how to behave on a show like that do you know what i mean like sure. i wouldn't have a clue being like i'm eliminated you're an absolute snake in the grass who like the only reason i'm not i'm eliminated now is because of you and now you're coming up to give me a hug yeah i can't not give you a hug because like my i lose all my followers yeah and then i won't get like and the whole reason i'm on this show is so that i can grow my profile and like do cool stuff once i leave this hellish island you know what i mean right so like me not hugging you would be counterintuitive to the whole reason that i'm here yet i hate your guts you suck yeah you know what i mean i think it's fascinating and again, I think this is kind of like loops back to why I was like, I just kind of want to be in the creative calls that they have pre-season to like be like, what are the conversations when you're like building a cast like this and like looking at people's temperaments? Because they must look at that kind of stuff. Like, because there's always a range of like, oh, the small, quiet person and big, loud, it's me, right. you know, kind of person. So like, I'm always fascinated by like, yeah, how do you build a group like that? And what do you expect to happen? And like, how much of that do you just know what's going to happen because you've done so many of these? Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if in Survivor they're like, we know what's going to happen when we put these two types of people together. It's going to be like this. And it probably plays out exactly like you imagined. And I think that's also just kind of terrifying. I guess <laughs> I want that more because at least like, you know, TV is doing the thing that I thought TV was supposed to do. And like, which is like, oh, it's, it's just a stage. Like, you know, we're performing. This is a, it's just, we're broadcasting this competition that's happening and we're just doing it for entertainment. But if you're like, all you're doing is thinking about what's going to happen next or like what's going to happen as soon as I get off of this thing, then that's when I think mm. it starts to pollute the, pollute the product. Like, listen, I don't like Big Brother no. because it's like so barely a competition. I think it's so ridiculous. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think it's so like antiquated. <laughs> it's more about watching the people 
people in there exist. And then, then that's why I'm like, well, why don't we just have the real world again, which isn't a competition, but it's something else. It's this other type of show, mm. which is like, let's just watch people do stuff. And like, I'll do that too. I'll watch, um, you know. You know, I'll watch uh, Pawn Stars or Ice Road Truckers or any uh, of those stuff. Yeah, like, I, which I also know is staged in their own way, but it's yeah. not a contest. It's like I'm yes. just watching someone do something, and then it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we know reality TV is fake. But, like, the whole point of watching a competition is I want to watch the competition. Like, it's the same reason I watch sports. So it's like, at least, can we just try to win here? Yeah, can we just try yeah, to yeah, win? Yeah, 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 I yeah, thought yeah. the point was winning, not coming out of this thing looking the best. And it's, as yes. I'm so bad at knowing what people want i really don't know what it is and like i wish i could make a decision that like was like yeah this is gonna make people like me whether in a uh, content situation or in a social situation i don't know what it i i i'm not good at doing that but i certainly know when someone's doing that they're trying to pander to what will make them look the best later on yeah um but i know that i'm like i'd rather just play the game Hey, it's Eric, and I picked up some snacks for games and feelings. I got to go to Target, so I picked up a big bag of Reese's because it was super cheap because of all the Easter sales. So thanks for coming back, Jesus. I don't know. I think that's right for Easter. I I don't know. Uh, I think you should be a part of the Patreon at patreon.com slash games and feelings, just like our newest patrons, Shorty Day 22, Emma, and the almighty Neptune. Three of you in one week, absolutely incredible. You must all love contributing to independent media, being able to bring on people like Jasper, the weekly episodes of the main feed, and the juicy, gossipy, workers' rights-driven episodes of the bi-weekly Patreon replay feed. It's an advice show within an advice show. You, you get so much. And remember, if you join at the $10 tier, like the almighty Neptune, your questions are considered as soon as possible on a special $10 tier or higher question table. And shout out to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burridge, Kelsey Duffy, and Megan Moon, who already played this new board game and can teach you better than trying to stumble through the rules alone. So nice of you. Patreon.com slash games and feelings. I think you should listen to the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective. You're definitely going to like Spirits. Spirits is a history and comedy podcast focused on everything folklore, mythology, and the occult, told through the lens of feminism, queerness, and modern adulthood. Every week, mythology buff Julia and her childhood best friend and Mawaf, Amanda, get together to learn a different story from mythology and folklore over drinks. That's everything from the mythological origins of major franchises like Lord of the Rings and Wonder Woman to modern urban legends to a roundup of werewolf stories from around the world. I was actually on the most recent episode where we watched a... A Hallmark movie that is vaguely based on the Golem mythology, and we decided if it was in fact a Golem story or it was that one Greek story where the guy makes a sculpture of a hot lady and then wishes she came to life and then it does and then it's a happy ending. You can listen to 300 plus episodes of Spirits. Dive in at spiritspodcast.com or search Spirits wherever you get your podcasts. We are sponsored this week by Hero Forge. Hero Forge offers fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. Their easy-to-use design tool lets you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator right in your web browser. And I have it up right now, and I would love to show you how deep the character creator is by just telling you about all the instruments you can hold. You can hold stuff in your character's hand, and these are everything in the instruments kind of category. So I have the website up now. You have bagpipes. You have a wooden drumstick. You have a tall ornate drum. You have a stitched leather war drum, a skull war drum, a ocarina, of course, a guitar, a hunting horn, a pan flute, a trumpet, a bugle, an open accordion. There is no closed accordion, unfortunately. A trombone, a tambourine, a lyre, a V-shaped guitar, an acoustic guitar, a ukulele, a banjo, a flute, a musical bow, a violin, a regular guitar, a harp, a lute, maracas, and a handbell. 
Again, that is just the instruments you can use for your character on Hero Forge. Visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often. New content is added every week. Hopefully a closed accordion. That would be nice, just so that I can finally run my Weird owl character that I've needed for so long. And now, back to the games. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell when it's disingenuous. But like, part of me is like, I kind of don't blame like these people because they're being put in an environment where that's kind of that's being encouraged. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like, it, it like, and they have got to a point where like these are very big, you know, kingmakers. Some of these shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people that have careers and legitimate careers, and like they're good at their careers. Like, I'm thinking like I'm pretty sure like Rylan. Uh, he's a quite a big kind of personality over here now. Was a contestant, I think, on Big Brother. Oh yeah, he was on. He came in fifth on the X Factor. Boom. Okay. Cool. And he was also on Celebrity Big Brother. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So like, he's like a legitimately really funny, thoughtful, like entertaining. Like definitely not to everyone's taste. Definitely like annoying sometimes. But like you know, a decent host yeah. who just like wouldn't have got a job if he wasn't playing the game when he went in that Big Brother house. Do you know what I mean? Like, if this dude just woke up in the Big Brother house and acted like Ryland wanted to act, guarantee you he'd have acted differently. Because why wouldn't you act differently? If I was sharing a house with all these, like, messy, stroppy, over-the-top people, like, people catch hands in two weeks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like... especially Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Especially because it's going in where everyone already has something to prove. Precisely. Like, I, I want to look... That that totally makes sense. It's like, I want to go in and I want to look... I want to look good and that's why i'm on celebrity brother that's, that's the whole sense. reason that you'd be there many many a uh, b list celebrity has become a list because of a reality tv show like that that makes sense to me it's like you know there's such a feeder system with so much of, of what all content creation is it's like yeah i'm now you can see i'm good on television i'm going to continue to be good on television and then i get jobs doing other stuff which and then and then uh, you become more and more more and more popular i totally get that i guess like the th the other thing is something a little bit more one to one is like i saw this on rupaul's drag race uh when especially is like going on that show is how you get incredibly elevated in your career as a drag performer um yeah. and there was a thing that happened recently that like you know a bunch of the queens were like getting in each other's faces about some competition thing as always mm. and then you i felt the tone shift when one drag queen said the other drag queen i don't want you coming in here and bullying me and then you could hear that like the trigger word was bullying because mm -hmm. once someone accuses someone else of bullying that's yeah, when yeah, the internet yeah. fucking comes down on you and mm -hmm. then it was like i'm not bullying i don't know why you would say that i'm just messing around and like yeah, yeah. they were being mean to each other as they do on that show but like i could see how everything started to shift and of course they never addressed this on the actual show it was just like once yep. someone else accused someone of bullying it's like wow you really pushed this into the red and now we need to back off or that everyone's going to be mad on the internet after this comes out but mm -hmm. it was just really mm -hmm. odd and like i totally get it it's like this becoming turning into a professional springboard like in a very one-to-one -one way i go on this and then my career as a the thing i'm doing on the contest gets blown up yeah. like not even like tv personality but like drag performer is like it, but it just bummed me out because i noticed it and i guess other people don't notice it but i notice it because i've ruined myself yep oh, oddly i fully get this it's so hard to watch like uh, i can't even watch tv without pointing out the cinematography because i'm such a freaking nerd for it that i like i'll i'll pause the tv and start thinking about how they compose the shot so like sure you know it's not even reality tv it's like just every kind of content i'm like ooh, let me nerd out about this and then i'm like this isn't relaxing this is me trying to make this into work stop brain please stop sure. just enjoy things and now the best thing is eric is that we've inflicted this upon all of the listeners to this show as well because <laughs> ah! now they're gonna have the same problem where they're gonna be like now that you've pointed these things out eric and jasper now i can't stop thinking about them so all i'm gonna say is you are most welcome, listeners. I uh, I can't apologize. There's nothing to apologize for. This is just the state of the state of reality. Well, that's why everyone <laughs> should be watching Bruv, which is the new channel that I've just launched, <laughs> and we, you don't have to have any of those problems. Uh, uh, can we uh, can we have on Bruv? Can the first show that we launch just be a show called Villa? Uh, and I think the theme song is just you saying the word villa. And I think it's probably, it's just, it's just one person 
uh, inside the villa trying to entertain themselves. Sure. That's all it is. I like that. Low costs. Yeah. I Super get to say cost. villa all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in like, it's it's still going to be in like, in like some beautiful like Italian villa and they'll be like, you know, they'll have like nice wine and pizza and stuff. But like during the day, they just have to entertain themselves. Oh, I like that. It's still in Greece. I, but I'm just there by yeah, myself. Yeah, it's still super nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, the, the, I mean, if we're going to get, listen, we've already started talking about this for so long. We'll just keep talking about this and then we'll recommend the games that are giving us feelings. Like, yeah. I, I think that unfortunately, this is what fandom. This is what corporate fandom culture has stoked, mm, right? Here, I'll, t- I'll attach Explain. this with the. Uh, I'll attach this uh, to a lot of stuff that's going on. Like, corporations have convinced people that by liking a show, they are they mm-hmm. are fans not only of the show, but they are the fans of the actors as people and of the corporation that makes the thing. Interesting. For example, mm-hmm. let's talk about let's talk about Marvel, right? Do you know why people keep showing up to the D23 conferences and to San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con to get glimpses of just Kevin Feige coming up and showing a fucking PowerPoint? Because they are invested- a timeline. Yeah, the timeline. <laughs> it's because they have convinced by weaponizing what fandom meant on the internet in the 2010s as, as it was growing, which was like people talking about quote-unquote discourse, talking about it in their own way, and then creating things about it, whether it's like fan fiction or fan art or- uh, having mm. like intense or like writing of an academic paper on it, they have weaponized that and told everyone that's the only way you can participate in liking a thing. And then therefore you are a fan of me as a company as you do all this stuff. And then I get to use your free labor as product or as a resource that the company can harness um, to do and, mm. re- and repackaging fandom back to you as, as capitalism. So, because of that, now everyone thinks they're a little tiny Kevin Feige or they're little tiny TV executives. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, great job, Marvel. Great putting out this movie. This is like, I'm so glad that your box office is doing well. I love these moves you're making. Ba-da-da-da-da. And now you're such a fan of the corporation and that's become such a part of you as a person. It's even harder for you to criticize as they are just churning out absolute fucking slop, which is mm. how I feel about the Marvel TV shows and the most recent Marvel movies, it is just too much going on and all of it is of a pretty low quality. You can see this with Star Wars as well. Like that's why Andor is so good because mm. it was they allowed someone else to kind of do something somewhere else. And now it's kind of the slopification of uh Obi-Wan and the new season of Mandalorian. I know people are really excited about it, but like a major plot point was resolved off screen in a different TV show, which is really confusing. (laughs) And it's like, we have to be fans of the corporation, which is, I think the tact that Wizards of the Coast was trying to do as they're spinning up one D and D and they're telling people about the new movie. And then like aligning, there was the whole kerfuffle about the, the Druid and the wild shape. Mm -hmm. Now they're changing Mm -hmm. the Druid class to fit the movie from because they want the fucking vertical uh, sort. They, they want it all to fit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is what, which is insane. Like the media property is now leading. It, but we're not we're not supposed to say anything about the thing we actually like because we're a fan of them as a corporation and we mm. can't be critical. Interesting. Okay, so I think I agree. I agree to an extent. I think th- I agree that this symbiosis is like ha- this like thing has happened. Um, yeah. I think that part of me wonders though how like to the extent of which anything is accidental these days, but like almost like mutually beneficial because I think at any point fandoms can get off of the the rung. Like I've know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm not really into the Marvel movies anymore. Like it's gotten too much for me. I agree. Um, I agree. It, it can it can backfire for sure. Yeah. So I do think that there is a point in which it's like people can choose to like get off the ladder i mean even to an extent i have got off the ladder like i used to be religiously into these things and now i'm like yeah cool i'll like if there's a show that i have like a vested interest in watching i will definitely watch it but like otherwise i'm not super fussed about it and so i think that part of it has been kind of mutually beneficial in the sense that like fans wanted to create that content the corporations are like cool if you want to create that content we'll absolutely be there to like uplift it and to like showcase this and be like hey hey like look at all this content like we're not even making this they're making this for us because they love it so much and so like 
I absolutely think that your point about them kind of like weaponizing or using that like fervor and, and like desire and need for content to their advantage is absolutely true. I just think that it's kind of, I feel like it happens semi-organically. And the reason I think it is, is because I think like you've got to take DC as an example, right? Like the success of DC okay. is like, it's still there, but like it's nowhere compared to Marvel's success, right? Because I think that they didn't do what Marvel did, which is a lot of fan service like ultimately like sure, that's sure. the main thing and so i think that i agree that there's like a weaponizing of the fan there's also like the fans weaponize marvel marvel has been dictated by fans for years the reason that we have so many of the storylines characters even castings sure. is because marvel fans campaigned for it and was like this is what we want to see so i do think there's more of a two-way street to this because I mean, look at what happened with DC. It's like, uh, we fired Zack Snyder and then we got him back and then he's here and now he's net there. And then they're trying to constantly pivot to like please people without doing anything with any kind of craft or like plan. And it always is backfiring. I and I think yeah. actually DC is more of an analogous to what Hasbro and Wizard of the Coast did with the OGL and with 1D&D and what they're doing with the movie now, where it's like, ah, you're like realizing now that you should have done the fan service thing and that you should have just like listened to the people that are creating this content, benefiting off it for years, being like, yeah, yeah, cool, we'll rake all this money in, but we're not going to give you anything in return. And in yeah. fact, in Hasbro's instance, they were like, we're going to try and take some, actively take something away from you, which didn't go down particularly well. So what I'm saying is I absolutely agree, and I, but I think that Marvel is a particular case where they did a good job with giving people what they wanted so part of me is like meh i don't know there was too many losers in that transaction because the hardcore fans got what they want the us of the world like the slightly softer fans who are like sure. yeah i'm kind of like i'll be there for the stuff that i care about we've kind of also got what we wanted because we don't have to watch the crap that they put out that we don't like you know yeah. what I mean? And occasionally they'll put something out that absolutely slaps, like an Andor or whatever, and we're like, sweet, I'm back in. Like, I'll watch this. This is great, uh, etc. Because I also had the same experience with Andor where I was, I was fully checked out of Star same. Wars until Andor came along. And now I'm like, okay, Mandalorian season three, let's see what's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, yeah. So I feel, I feel like the slop is a little harsh purely because I think that like, what Marvel has done is like they've started making stuff for very specific audiences with the TV shows. So like I think they started targeting very specific types of people with each individual TV show as a way of giving them a little carrot. So sure. I think that something that you perceive as slop, I think someone else, that's entirely their bag. You know, whether it's like super cheesy or super way too serious and way too over the top. Like I think all the bros probably absolutely love Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I think that if sure, you're a young sure. teenager, Miss Marvel was your jam. If you're... Do you like, well, I just hey, think I am not calling. I heard Miss Marvel was really good. I didn't watch it. I was more talking about like Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye was garbage. Uh, yeah, Hawkeye yeah, was go, absolutely go, yeah, garbage. So that's yeah, okay, but family viewing though, I know so many families that watch Hawkeye as a group and loved it. Loved it. Sure. Okay. So the, the, I think you're touching on something which I I don't can know. Can I say one thing? Please, though? Can I just say please, one thing? Please, please, please. She Hulk slaps. It's hilarious, and I will fight anyone that says otherwise. No, you're right. You're told. I, 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 I want to state that. Right. I want to state that right now. She Hulk was unreal. I am not. I have. I did not watch it. I am not aligning myself to the with the people who just said it was bad. Who just said it was bad? I didn't see it. I'm I just, just thought thought that the content process, the process <laughs> of throwing everything out. I just wish that it didn't feel like you needed to be a completionist. I feel like yep. the expectation in a post end game world is that you need to watch all the TV shows and watch all the movies to understand anything that's going on. But see that that's that is my that's where I think I disagree. I actually don't think that's the case. I think their strategy is they go look. Look, Endgame happened. We're never going to get all of those people to watch everything. So what we're going right, to do... Right, like we peaked there. We peaked Yeah, exactly. There. We peaked there. So we're going to divide these TV shows up to give each one of you at least one of these shows, at least one hero that you will really like. So for me right now, that's She-Hulk. Sure. So I'm not really that into many of the others, but I can guarantee you now when a movie comes out that She-Hulk is in, I'm there on day one because I want to see what happens in her story. And I can guarantee you that the teenagers that love Miss Marvel are going to be there because Miss Marvel's also there in a team up with She-Hulk. So like that, I think what they're doing, this is from my perspective, sure. from their strategy point of view, I think they're building one thing for like each group. And then when they get the team back together, 
everyone comes back together and we have the same like end game infinity war style event where everyone's now back on board because everyone's got at least one aspect of that movie that they actually care about that's yeah. my theory i i think that listen if that is the case and if that is the strat the artist the content strategy cool what would you do if i ripped my face off right now and i was kevin feige How that would, would be why that would be absolutely <laughs> wild i can't believe kevin feige's been guesting on my show the entire time i guess i just get really i get really like bogged down about like content strategy when it feels like you know because i thought that inherently the whole point of what we were doing is putting out tvs and movies that were good that had characters mm. that we liked from comics or from other places, you know? And then, like, when it feels like slop sometimes, uh, when it's just you you have to eat it because I told you to because you have to eat it to be a fan, <laughs> I then it's yeah. like, oh, uh, well, this, su this sucks. And I yeah, guess, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if the thing, the inherent thing which we like is, like, wow, I like superheroes. I thought I think it's really cool that our friends from the comics are now on TV and movies. I think mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. And I'm glad that, yep. like, people are putting their spin on it, which is what it seems like is happening over at DC. They're they're doing the thing that I think people yep. like the most about Andor, which is we're putting in the hands of people who have actual vision, yes. who want to make a piece of art that mm -hmm. iterates on something, because the thing we inherently like is the character, and they're going to do something interesting with it, which is which is inherently what I'm looking for. That's the thing that bothered me, on top of everything else, that's the thing that's fucking bothering me about the Dungeons & Dragons movie, which I'm not going to mm. see, because, like, that's not what the, pro the product... <laughs> Why are you making a TV, a movie based on just fantasy pastiches that like, uh, that's not why I, what I use tabletop RPGs for. And then you're changing the game to fit the thing you put in the movie. It's almost like they're trying to yeah. men in black mind erase that mm -hmm. that they that someone made an oopsie in the movie, which you're allowed to do, just do wild thing. The thing that really bothered me is like for John Francis Daly and the other writer called it rule of cool. And like you don't get to say that about a big fucking movie you put out. Yeah, you don't get to say not... the yeah. thing uh, I want to do something fun in my tabletop RPG game and apply it to a movie. That's the kind of like weaponizing of of like player and fan language back to us that really fucking bothers me. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. they're trying to pretend like they're not the one making a, 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 a millions and millions dollar movie and they're like me. They're just a player. Like, they're not. Yeah, I, I, that I completely agree with. And I think also they're just like missing a trick. Like, you, like they, they can capture the casual fan with the movie and keep the hardcore fans happy with the game. Like, I just, like, I, of course you can integrate things. Of course you can have Chris Pine's character, you know, made into like an NPC that you can put on the D&D Beyond website, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things you could do that wouldn't offend me as like a hardcore D&D &D person, mm. but also would make it accessible to the casual fan who's going to enjoy the movie without trying to smash the two things together in a very uncomfortable way that is just not going to fit. And I right. think you're absolutely right. Like, unbalancing the game because of something that the show creators came up with is like, ah? yeah. what? Why? This is okay. Yeah, when the game, it's like when money, when money and business decisions start to run your creative decisions. That's when I have a problem. Mm. Mm. Much like, yeah. much like when you can understand when you're watching a reality show, someone is making a choice that is advantageous for them as a person. It's like, uh, it's a bummer. Scenario for you. Imagine you're a huge Warhammer 40k fan. Henry Cavill comes in and he starts changing the rules of Warhammer 40k, but makes them better because he's a genuine hardcore fan. But he does it based on the show. Do you have a problem with this? <laughs> hey, I'll flip this around on yeah. you. How about the rule changes in cricket to make it not five hours long and actually make it more accessible? Hey, cricket will never be exciting. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> cricket sucks. It's boring. I'll be honest. It's like it's the same thing for me as with uh, basketball, which is where I like I, it's not entertaining until like the final ten minutes. Damn. So damn. You know, yeah, I, I know. I think I just gave Eric Felix. I saw Eric just like, woof. Like, it's not that, that's not to say that I don't love watching the highlights of a basketball game. Sure. I don't love dissecting a basketball game. I don't love the strategy in a basketball game. I'm just like, yo, how can every single game finish 116 to 117? It's wild. Right. No, no, that's a good, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting It's wild point. to me. Like, it only matters when the buzzer, like, is about to happen and the dude jumped. Uh, is he gonna make it? Yes. Dude, won the game. Congrats. But everything before, 
the other team did so well and it means nothing because he jumped and got a hoop when the buzzer happened. I. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> that's why we count wins and losses. That's why the that's why the records matter. That's why in hockey the the tiebreakers are based on. That's why there's a point system based on like wins are three points, ties are one point, and losses are like zero or something. And then they also count yeah. like goals scored as like tiebreakers. It's like well they don't do that in the mm. NBA. It's a it's a different yeah. way. Maybe they should change it. There are a lot of problems with the NBA. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I do you know what I love so much as well. I think this episode of Games and Feelings has been one of the truest uh, episodes because I think both of us clearly have had stuff to get off our chests today. (laughs) And like, I honestly feel good. Like, I feel great right now. I feel like I've had a chance to air some things that like didn't need to be aired, but like, I feel better that they are aired now. (laughs) No, I'm glad. Listen, I can talk about this all the time. And I think that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. This is exactly the same. And I don't do it enough. You know what I mean? I forget how important conversation is to my existence yeah. and my psyche and how much talking shit about cricket is f- fuel for me because I, I it's it's so bad guys like it's the only time cricket is entertaining is when you're there and you can just get drunk with your friends fair like it's like a beautiful like summer's like british summer afternoon you're there with your friends you're having a couple pints and occasionally Everyone gets hyped because some dude hits it really hard, but like it happens so infrequently, it can't be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so it does it just doesn't happen that often. <laughs> it's funny. I it feels like the whole point of cricket is like the British got really into it, and then they spread it to all the colonies of uh, the British Empire, and now in the modern age, all the colonies want to destroy the British at the sport that they ported to them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, for sure. Everyone, yeah. Maybe that also is just like a general rule of thumb. I think in oh, sure. like international sports, England is the enemy. Oh sure, like, but like in soccer, it, it kind of like from and from what I understand about uh, about soccer, a bunch of people invented it all at the same time. Like there were a lot of kicking balls into mm. nets that were happening everywhere. But cricket specifically was like, yeah, yeah. we just made the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cricket yeah. specifically is like, I want to beat the imperialist at the imperialist game. <laughs> yeah, that's which is completely and utterly fair. Like, uh, yeah, I can imagine it's a pretty big win for India to beat us uh, at the crickets. And yeah, for sure. All power to them, to be honest. I'm probably picturing Churchill as they are, like, going to strike, you know, strike through the ball. And I'm like, yeah, that's completely fair. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's 100% understandable. <laughs> I feel that way about baseball, too, is, like, baseball is very, very, very popular in uh, Central America and South America. more And more so, I think, in the United States at this point other than like the the, mm. the America's pastimeness of it that like it's part of our I guess uh, American cloth so I can only imagine like someone hits a home run and like this is what you get for like allowing Chiquita Banana to ruin our island and then they fucking hit, hit like a grand <laughs> slam like uh, like good good job yes yeah yeah absolutely stick it to them that's absolutely fine this actually reminds me of the World Cup recently we had Morocco did super super well got ended up getting to uh, I think the semi-finals and and it was so funny. I saw people like on uh, my Twitter being like, Morocco is currently doing the colonizers world tour where they yeah. basically played. Uh, they like played and beat Spain. They played and beat France. They were going to play England at one point. And it was like, everyone was just like, I'm kind of rooting for these guys because it kind of feels like this deserves to happen. Like they deserve their moment right now. Uh, and yeah, I, th- at one point colonizer world cup was trending on my Twitter. And I was like, Whoa! What has happened? Like this could this this sounds bad. Like this sounds like a bad thing. And actually, it was kind of a it was kind of a funny, great thing. So hey, when you're looking at Twitter, Colin Alger World Cup can mean truly anything. It's just so many things, and I I'm only comfortable with the one thing that it was because <laughs> I think most of the other scenarios that that was trending, I'm not cool with. <laughs> All right, well, Jasper, we sure much like every other advice show, we sure did just do an episode where we didn't do any advice questions, which I think is. Yes. Which I think is great. Uh, I think we can do an incredibly short, a one sentence game that is giving you feelings. Do you just like have a game recommendation that you've been playing lately? Uh, game recommendation that I've been playing lately. I'm going to go with what have I played God of War Ragnarok for the first time. And um, mostly this is just to shout out the editor for Three Black Halflings, who is a, a sound editor and recently won a damn prize. 
oh, uh, for uh, his work on God of War, and uh, just to say that it just it slaps super hard, and I'm getting to play games uh, with the house that we bought came with surround sound. Whoa, there you go. And playing a game like that for the first time with surround sound, oh, it is just a treat. Like, oh, you just, there's just noises and sounds coming from everywhere. You feel like you're in the middle of this blizzard. I felt cold playing the game. It was very good. So, uh, there we go. Playing games with surround sound or good headphones. Hey, we are always here to praise uh, good sound. That's the whole point yeah. of what we hear do here. Oh, <laughs> that's the reason we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Misha, Misha, can you? While Jasper was speaking, can you make like a make like a Jotunheim blizzard behind him for that entire yes, thing? Yes, please. It just if you, only if you yeah, have time, okay. Misha. Only just if you want to flex. If you want to, if you want to flex, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, and then can there be like a toucan to my right? Great, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really quickly want to shout out Marvel Snap. I have not paid any money for Marvel Snap, and it is truly so much fun. My favorite thing is that I get to take screenshots and send it to my friend Jeff, who made the theme song for for Games and Feelings, and he has two twin babies, and it's very nice that we get to uh, talk to each other about Marvel Snap, uh, even while he is busy with all that stuff and his uh, his full-time job, and I like the various ways that you can communicate about video games in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah, uh, and one of which is just like a little fun card mobile game. Nice. Yeah, I should. I really should play Marvel Snap, but it was like every time I look at it, I'm like, ah. Oh, I feel like as soon as I open this app, it's not getting closed for like four days, and I just can't afford that right now. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, you really don't have to pay. I mean, there really are like freemium barriers to it. Oh, no, no. What I'm saying is like, that's the problem I'm saying is like just the amount of time I will bury into this thing because I, I, I will enjoy it. You can pick it up and put it down, though, pretty easily is what I'm saying. Is oh, okay. Like, it's very, it's too the addictive. matches are very short, so it's like you really got to hit like, I want to play another one, and you can just put it down. And then like you do end up hitting a wall sometimes where it's like, oh, I really can't do anything right now unless I pay $10. So it's like, I'm going to put it down. Okay, that's good. I, I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, it's actually like freemium works for like the adult schedule. Adult with responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the new freemium. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. It's free. It's it's premium for people who don't have responsibilities and free for those who yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Jasper, as always, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, it's a lot of thank fun you for talking, talking to you about that stuff. And uh, yeah. thanks for uh, making me look like really uh, interesting and rational by comparison. That like you're like, oh, I understood everything you said. So now ever all the listeners are like, oh yeah, all the stuff he said was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's just a sign of good co-hosting, I think. Because just as long as you can make the other person look as good as possible, then you're nailing it. You're doing well. Yeah. So uh, you're welcome. And you better go in on Bruv with me. If you don't, I, I'm cutting you out of oh, my life. Oh, uh, dude, I'm I'm cutting you a check as we speak. <laughs> like my savings are on my on their way to you to set up Bruv. Like I'm I'm all in. Incredible, uh, Jasper. Where can people? What are you doing? And where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I'm doing too much, Eric. I'm doing too much. Uh, you can find me at JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, I have so many things that I'm doing right now that I can't talk about, which I, I've been lamenting to Eric and Eric's been ribbing me for. So uh, <laughs> please follow me on those places so that I can finally, st when I finally can start talking about them, you'll know about it. Check out Three Black Halflings. We've got a new actual play season coming out or will be out by the time you're listening to this uh, called Big Trouble Little News. Uh, we worked super hard and the trailer and the music and everything slaps so hard. It's got a great cast uh, and it's a cool uh, like 80s themed uh, show, it's, which is Kids on Bike uh, game system Hell yeah. and uh, it's dope as hell so please uh, please go give that a listen if you like your t -t 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 RPGs nice I said to me T's there but I kind of just lent into it no anyway. that's good how about you Eric where can people uh, find what you're up to and what you're oh, doing I forgot this is your new thing is, is this is my thing baby yeah. this is my thing I actually generally can't help it like I really I like I have to segue now I do I it in life it. I've realized that I've started I've started podcast segueing in life uh, and it's not good it's weird. It's a weird thing to do with your fiance at like half ten at night. Yeah, the hard part is that when I'm hanging out with Amanda, I have to stop for ad breaks, and that's the weird <laughs> thing that's changing my life.
You just crack open a cold Pepsi in like a real like you just you just stop talking, crack open a cold Pepsi and look at an imaginary camera. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, hey Amanda, have you tried native? It's uh it's this new <laughs> deodorant with uh it's totally natural. Um, well Amanda, I need to stop you right there. Have you heard of uh this new supplement? Uh it's got a very I'm not I'm not gonna say the name of it. I was about to say the name of it, and I was like, ah actually, I probably shouldn't say the name of it because I don't wanna give free like sponsor us. Sponsor the show, then you can. Then I'll read it. Do you know what I mean? Then I'll yeah. do the thing. Oh, if only know. I had a better mattress. Oh, if only that yeah. would happen. <laughs> oh, man, I can really do with a. Uh, I've, I genuinely have started that on through Black Halflings being like soft pitching to companies that I would actually quite like some of their free stuff. Just like, oh, if only I could. If only I could get a new mattress, that'd be great. I would love that. I would talk about that mattress for days on this show. I need Canva to sponsor me for how much I use it at work. I would wear like a NASCAR suit that had Canva like on it. I would wear it for all of my recordings if they would just sponsor me. So I'm 100% on board with that. Um, Yeah, you can follow me me on online at L underscore Silvero, E-L underscore S-A-L-V-R-O. My name, if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler, Uh, the three things I'll plug is remember, we're going to PAX East. So if you're going to PAX East, yep. we have a live show on Saturday evening, which is going to be really fun. And also Multitude is going to be there just at PAX East. Uh, we're going to be at a table, so please come say hi. Um, tell people about Games and Feelings. Just tell people about the show. If you like it and everything we do here, just like plug the show and tell it to a friend. Yeah. Um, and also, I would love to guest on more shows in the future. So if you know of a show I should go on, uh, tell them. And I will follow up and be like, I'm great. Uh, if you have a show, reach out to me. Uh, I will, and just like, hit me up on, on Twitter or email me. Like, I'm, I would love to guest on more shows. And if Eric's busy, uh, also hit me up. Uh, hit me up after, though. You've asked Eric, though. Because, Sorry, like, I'm really busy. I have, like, a ton of NDAs, so I can't tell you about it. But Jasper's <laughs> totally free. He has nothing going on. Uh, I'm going to hunt you down, Eric. So, uh, <laughs> I literally know where you live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But you have to cross the channel to get there. So You don't think that I'll channel it? Do channel you don't it. think I'll channel it? Channel it. But luckily, uh, I'm crouching, so I'm in stealth mode, so you can't see me. And I just found it in this instruction manual, which says uh, there's nothing about feelings in, in an instruction manual. So there you go. See, I pivoted out of the conversation. I fucking just... <laughs> I segued out of us talking about it anymore. You just suplexed me out of that conversation. I know. I was like Chris Redfield in Resident Evil 4. Just fucking boom. (laughs) Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.